Welcome to the Dr. Dion Show, where real conversations about diversity matter. I'm an educator and consultant specializing in diversity and inclusion. In this show, I interview top experts and people like you and me, highlighting issues like race, gender, and disability. I'm here to create change, expand your understanding of what diversity means, and to continue the mission toward equality so that everyone has a fair shake. This show is not for the faint of heart, so put on your big girl and big boy pants and ride along. Hello and welcome to the Dr. Dion Show. I am excited. Today I'm joined by Dr. Nancy Corey King. She is the author of a fantastic book called Fired, How to Manage Your Career in the Age of Job Uncertainty. How are you, Nancy? Oh, very good, Dion. That's great. Actually, I should call you Dr. Nancy, but we could just be, you want to say Dr. Nancy, Dr. Dion, or just Nancy and Dion? Well, I will call you Dion if you will call me Nancy. Okay, sounds great. So thanks so much for coming on today. Um, I wanted to ask you, just before we get into the book, what inspired you to write that book? Well, that's a great question, and one I'm asked a lot. Um, I actually lost a job, and it was such a blow to me personally and to my family, but what surprised me was all the phone calls and visits I got from people who said, hey, Nance, that happened to me, and then they went on to tell me their story. Well, I never in my wildest dreams assumed that they too were um, somebody who was let go. And I started hearing these stories from these people who were incredible. I mean, they were at the top of their fields. They were maybe rising stars, but none of them had done anything terrible. And so I decided, okay, this is crazy. People think they're pouring their heart and soul, giving 150% to their employer, and good people can be let go for no reason, employment at will. And so after I heard those stories, I said, okay, I don't want anyone else to feel as badly as I do. And I want to warn people that, you know, do your job, do a great job, love your job, but take care of yourself. That's my main message. And what does take care of yourself mean? I'm, I'm, I asked that question kind of rhetorically because I, ironically, my last show that I released, it was on the benefits of having a side hustle. And the message was not to put all your eggs basically in one basket to make sure that you have something um, that you can, you can rely on in the event this, this happens, this, this, this kind of thing happens. So, um, so when you say take care of yourself, what, what is that? Is that what you're implying? Well, that's one of the things, and that is a great thing. And I would completely underscore that, that make sure you have more than one income stream. Um, and in the book, we just talked about all the people that it's maybe not your primary income, it's maybe not going to be a career, but you really have to have something to fall back on. So when I say take care of yourself, number one, what I mean is you're not married to your job, okay? Right. So, People feel that loyalty. They feel that belongingness. Then they get a call from a recruiter and they say, no, I thank you. I'm really happy where I am. Or somebody says, there's a great job you'd be good at, but they feel, they feel disloyal even looking. Uh-huh. So one of 
things the people I interviewed said was, take the calls, take the interviews. You don't know if you're going to have a job tomorrow unless you have a contract or some other type of protection. So always take the calls and always go on the interviews um, if it's a job that you think you would like. The second thing to take care of yourself is the other thing you get is you get to know the recruiters. And if you're out of work, you're going to need a recruiter. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's, 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 it's essential. And the recruiters want to get you work. Okay. They get paid when they place you. So Uh they want people on their Rolodex that are go-to, right? So I think that's like number two. Number three, take care of yourself and keep, um, keep your stuff at home, not on your work computer. Uh-huh. So what that means is I, aha, uh-huh, right? Where's your resume on your work computer? Don't do your job search on your work computer. Do it at home and put everything on a thumb drive so you have it at home. Do people because actually do that? let go. People actually what? use the work computer to do the resume and then that personal stuff? Well, yeah, a lot of people only have one computer and it's their work computer. Um, oh, wow. they do. A lot of jobs require you to submit a resume if you're speaking or if you're um, presenting or you're teaching a class. So it's not uncommon as a professional to have a resume on your work computer. But what I'm saying is that work computer will be gone. So pour, put the resume at home where you can find it. Absolutely. Same with your contact. Yeah. Same with your contact. They will take your phone um, unless you have a phone allowance. So one of the things that you also want to do while you're employed is to keep a brag list. And a brag list is a list of accomplishments that you've done in your job. And you're thinking ahead so that if you've lost your job and you have to interview and they ask you your accomplishments or what would you do if, or tell me a time when, you're able to quickly retrieve um, those um, accomplishments and be ready on the interview to talk about them. And that's really important because you're going to be likely distraught, upset. This is not the time to think of how you be, um, how you be effective at interviewing. So you want to have that ready to go. Well, that's an, that's a great tip. So, so are you suggesting people have like a little dollar store kind of book where they just, Every time they would cheat something, they put it, they write it down or what, what are you proposing? That's great. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, what I did was on my iPad in the notes section, I would just put bullets like, okay, I increased sales by 10% or I improved the margin by this, or I devised this code to make this app, whatever you did that, you know, you can edit, right? You just can't add if you can't remember. And so a lot of us don't sit around with a list of how good we are. You really need to do that uh, because you have to craft your resume in the the frame of accomplishments, not just the job, but what you did, right? I mean, you're, uh, you know that more than I do. You have to be ready to talk about why you're good. That's awesome. And then, so let's, let's go back for a second. You talked about um, the people that you interviewed and many of them were top of their game, very successful, go-getter mm-hmm. contributors to the company. Um, and even after they've been um, promoted, they lost their job. Well, yes. 
what, what that makes doesn't make sense to me, but can, please explain to us why that happens. Well, you were probably raised like I was. So if you work hard, you, you do extra, you go above and beyond, you're going to be rewarded. And most of us were told by our parents and our colleagues at work that this is how you get ahead. Yes. And, um, you know, we all believe that. But what we also tend to believe is that makes us valuable to our companies and it makes us fireproof. In other yeah. words, I can look around and see slackers in anywhere, in any company, but it is not necessarily the poor performers who lose their jobs. So what I like to say to people, and there's a chapter in my book, you're not fireproof. Mm -hmm. um, there are many reasons besides job performance to lose your job. And so, you know, typically um, one of the things that happened to the people I interviewed was they got a new boss. Uh -huh. Okay. Plus, the boss is going to see how great I am, how much I know, how much I've contributed, and that didn't happen. Maybe the boss wanted to bring in their own friends or colleagues. That's right. Maybe the boss didn't want to hear how you did it. They want to do it their way. Yes. So that is a huge predictor. In fact, Dion, it was the biggest predictor of job loss in my research, was getting a new boss. Really? The biggest predictor. Huh. Right. So you think about the value of relationships and working with people you trust. So, you know, when you get a new boss, you have to be very careful that you're listening to her. You're following his uh, directions. You're not saying we do it this way, not that way. You really have to forge the relationship before you jump in because they need to make their mark. Yes. Unless you don't want your job. That. And you don't want your job, you can just handle it and go on. But it's really important. So uh, that was one reason. Another reason was you got a new job. And so I don't know, you might be floored by this, but half of the people hired in for new jobs, if they get a new job, half of them aren't there in 18 months. They were let go. Really? Huh. All this, all this crying about the labor shortage and we need these people, but companies... Um, were studied, 20,000 were studied, uh -huh. and half of the people were not there a year later. This is the Leadership IQ study. Huh. So why weren't they there? Well, was it job performance? No, it wasn't job performance. You'd think, oh, well, they couldn't do their job. They didn't want to learn. They weren't motivated. It was personality characteristics. It was they were not emotionally intelligent, or the boss didn't think they were motivated. But the number one basket was that they weren't a fit. Okay. I, 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 I can't stand that. That's just a euphemism for you don't, you don't belong. You don't, right. whatever, whatever it is. It, it, I think that's you don't so need it lunch. It's said again. Mean girl. You don't need it lunch. My lunch table. You're, you're a mean girl. Yeah. It's very, um, it's, it can be very demeaning. Absolutely. And discriminatory. Right. Let's, let's put it out there. Right. So what does it mean if you're not a fit? Um, I'd like to say one thing. Of course they're not. They're new. <laughs> exactly. Know? Hello. Yes. They're not new. You crafted this culture, whatever it is, and you brought someone in new and thought they were going to pick it up through osmosis or That's right. by chance. Um, you know, people, 
people want to do a good job by and large. That's right. By so, you know, here's an example of somebody and she's brand new and in the interview, you know, they love her. They uh-huh. just love her. Wonderful. She's an expert in her field. She has more experience than anyone presently in that job. So she's coming to this new job thinking they want to hear from her. They want to know what she knows. She's thinking I'm valuable and they want to hear from me. So she gets this job and all of a sudden it's, well, we don't do it that way. Well, you need to learn this first. Well, um, you're very disruptive. You're not fitting. Uh And well, maybe she's a great fit. Maybe your folks need to step up their game. That's right. But I, I do find that, that culture and um, different backgrounds, ethnicities, races, gender, there's all kinds of ways people can use you're not a fit. And my thing is <clears throat> the company, the burden is on the company to help the employee be successful, not the other way around. You can't put one against 200 or one against a whole department. It, and- it's really important to help that employee. Some people don't really get cues, right? They don't know what's... Yes. So I totally agree with you. And, and that's, the, that's the inclusion piece. So yes. if you hire somebody, then it's, it's your job to make sure that person is included. It's your job to make yes. sure that person knows who's who, um, set up meetings upon entry, make sure they feel, they feel, they feel welcomed. I mean, there's, there's so many things that you can do um, rather than having them out on the island by themselves. Mm-hmm. And then when they feel like they can't adjust... Then you say, oh, they're not a good fit, which is, com- which is completely unfair. Yes. And then to your point, and then to your point about, um, you know, people come in, they have fresh ideas and, 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 you know, there's the expression mm-hmm. you're hired for diversity, but you're, you're rewarded for conformity because many people have difficulty just taking on a new, a new fresh perspective and a different way of doing things. Meanwhile, it could be a good thing yes. for the company to move forward. It can be a great thing for the company. And so, okay, let's let's take that person in a new job. Now you're the company and you keep churning people because they aren't a fit. Okay, well, some of them might not have your values or your may not have integrity, the things you really have to have. But um, some people just don't know how to behave in a meeting or what's the appropriate dress to wear or, yes. you know... You don't leave five minutes early. And, and some people are bullied yes. by their colleagues. Um, so I think there's a lot of reasons that people get let go that have nothing to do with how well they can do their job. And, and in a way, I think the whole field of emotional intelligence has kind of promoted that. Uh-huh. We know it's important. We get yeah. it. It's just that we also need people to do their jobs. We don't Absolutely. just need people to be popular. Yes, absolutely. And so you shared, um, just to hark back for a second about getting a new boss. So based upon your research and the experiences that you've seen people have, would you advise, I know you said that they should, they should really be attentive to what their boss is saying and, and take their cues, yeah. but would you advise somebody to just say, you know what, I've got a new boss, I'm going to start looking automatically, or what, what do you think? Yeah. What'd you say? I would. I would. Really? Okay. I would. So, Dion, I would say that everybody should always have one in the parking lot, if you will, a backup plan, right? Yes. Everybody needs a backup. 
So um, I think that it's important. So maybe the boss is going to be great and really like you and respect you and be excited by you. But let me tell you about Diane. She's worked 28 years in a group home for adult disabled folks. Okay, that's a true champion of her clientele, right? Uh -huh. She's 28 years, these folks. New guy comes in and she's fine. She gets along with him. Now he wants to find a job for his friend. So while she's, wait for it, going to have breast reconstruction surgery Tuesday, they come in Friday and let her go. No, they didn't. Yes, they did. Friday. So now she's got the whole legal stuff with the, the severance and the whole oh. And she's got breast reconstruction, very painful. But this is, this is why I say that, that I'm not saying to jump when you get a new boss because you have to learn to adapt. But I am saying, whether it's a side hustle, whether it's savings, whatever your backup plan is, just know that if I, I asked and I looked at all the people I interviewed and I looked at transitions and transitions are dangerous for people who are exempt because uh -huh. of employment at will. Hey, Diane, you're great, but I'm going to bring in my own blah, blah, blah. And, okay. so for, for, and for people who don't understand what that is, can you just tell them what, what is an at-will employee? Yeah, so if you are um, an at-will employee, it means your employer can let you go for any or no reason without explanation, and um, there is no recourse except for, you know, um, discrimination, sex, age, gender, race. Yes. So there are avenues of exception, but for most people, um, if you are in one of those categories, the company has already figured that part out uh -huh. and figured out a way to let you go. Or they've created, a, they've crafted a severance so that you're going to sign it and agree not to sue. So um, yes, employment will for any or no reason. And so if you were dating somebody that for any or no reason, or you were married would leave, you know, you would be careful. So I think that it's, I think it's just important to keep your network vital, to keep your um, um, other activities in your life going, and be careful about putting all your eggs in that one basket. Absolutely. And the other thing that's yeah. come up, and, and I've interviewed many, many people and coaches, and, 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 and one thing that has come up, and, and what I believe too, is that, um, and it goes back to what you said initially, that people make their job their whole world make them their whole life. You cannot wrap your identity, your, your, your sense of self-respect, and just who you are as a person in what you do. Because if, if what you do leaves, then who are you after it goes? So, exactly. so to your point, it's so important just to, to, to diversify and, 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 and find other ways to, to enrich your soul or to enrich your life and make you feel good about yourself because your job can be gone in a second. It can. It literally can. And um, some things I do on LinkedIn because of my book, I, I read the layoffs and the companies laying off because even if it's not mm. a, um, a, a firing or being let go, there are layoffs. And, you know, those aren't always uh, predictable. Yes. But uh, if you are laid off, you're laid off with lots of other people like you, right? So yes. now there's 
So my son's uh, a journalist. And let's say um, there are, and his company's doing great, but there were tons of journalists recently laid off. Now they're all fighting for the same jobs. That's right. Right? So yeah. if you don't have a connection, a network, if you don't have a plan B, I call it a plan B, a backup plan. Uh -huh. If you don't have a layoff savings account, um, you're really going to struggle. Uh, yes. And I'm not saying those things are easy to do, but you're going to struggle. Very tough. Very tough. Mm -hmm. So then, so to your point, so what, so what is, um, somebody to look for? What, what, what are the telltale, what are the telltale signs that you might be losing your job or that you might be in a, an environment, um, that's it's going, it's basically you going in that direction where you might be considered to put it on the chopping block. Sure. So I would say the layoffs are easier to predict because you can read the newspaper, you can read LinkedIn, you can read Twitter and you can see when companies aren't making their bottom line, uh -huh. that's why layoffs. So that is easier to predict, but there is discretion in layoffs too. So um, there is ways to maneuver uh, and they do also let people go and call it a layoff uh -huh. when it's not, oh wait, you're being laid off. But um, in your job, especially if you've worked there, now most of the people, I tried to do a variety. So we have people there 20 years, we had people there you know, three months. So we had a variety. Uh -huh. But if you work somewhere, you know, you know how the day begins, the middle of the day, the end of the day. So you know whose cube you walk by and say hi. You know who comes by your office to gossip with so-and-so. You know who's in the kitchen getting lunch at 11.30 or 1.30. It's just normal things that happen in an office or in a, um, any kind of work environment. Uh -huh. And they're predictable, right? So um, if those patterns change, uh -huh. all right? Interesting. Heads up. So, for example, um, uh, one person, meetings were removed from their Outlook calendar. Oh, okay? really? Yeah. Just uh, what happened to the meeting? Well, we're not having it anymore. They were having it. They had already known they were going to let that person go. And they wow. Calendar. People avoid you. So, okay, you don't, you like this person, you hate that they're going to get let go, or you're okay with it, but you feel guilty. And it's an awful thing to do uh, to someone. Yes, yes. So they avoid you. Oh. So they walk by and they say hi to the person next to you and they look at you and they keep moving. Uh, one of the guys in my book said, um, that um, he um, was in a hallway and his neighbor and his friend got off and apparently knew he was going to be let go, walked right by and didn't say hi. And that's guy, awful. Nick was like, wait a minute, aren't we friends? Don't I take your daughter to soccer? So he, in retrospect, in retrospect, he yes. said, boy, you know, and so people don't want to give you false hope. They don't want you, they, they avoid you. Um, and the third thing is, I, I call it gallows humor, but because people know. So I think, uh, Dion, the other thing is, before you're let go, probably 10 people know or more. Which is, that's so a problem. Boss, that's awful. It's awful. So let me walk you through it. Your boss knows, right? Because uh -huh. they're going to do it. So your boss has probably asked some of your colleagues about you. So their antennas up. They may not know. 
their antennas up. Mm. Now, your boss has to tell her boss. Okay, so that boss knows. Now, this boss and they're your boss have to tell IT because as soon as they do it, they got to shut you off email and take your devices. Wow. Now, they also have to tell security because your badge access or your keys, whatever you have to get in your building has to go. So then there's generally a secretary or uh, an assistant who's going to help put your things together. And she's on standby. And wow. then, of course, and maybe legal. Okay. Now, all those people tell one person. And they do. They do. In, in my book, people would come up to people and say, oh, are you still here? Or, what? Oh, I hate to see yeah. I hate to see you go. You were really good. And they're like, wait, what are you talking about? No yes. way. Yes. Very loose, very casual. And a lot of times, you know, people think it's happened, but it hasn't happened because something, somebody had a meeting and somebody couldn't get there. So, you know, there's a lot of people who know. So I think that's really important that if patterns change and if people around you are avoiding you, or if they have slips of the tongue, like, oh, I hope you get a new job before I have to fire you. Ha, ha, ha. Or, no. Who yes. says that? This guy's boss in the book. You can read about Mark. And his boss says that to him. And he goes to the corporate office for a meeting. And they go, are you still here? Yes. That is so awful. It's so unprofessional. So let's pretend you're not the person being fired, but you're a colleague how do you feel? You feel like they could do that to me. That's right. They could be talking and joking and making fun of me. You That's know, right. It, it's like they could be gossiping and telling their direct reports. Had another lady whose boss called her and said, don't worry about talking to Janice. She won't be here in a couple of weeks. Who says that? That, that is... Okay, it's one thing to have a plan and for whatever your reason is, but that's just, that is just, just despicable, um, yep. toxic behaviors that should yes. not be happening at all. Happens all the time. Wow. I mean, I was very careful because, okay, let's say, all right, the people I know, you could say, well, Nancy, that's bias. So then I went out and I really looked at different people and I asked them for interviews or I asked for introductions. So I was in technology so I had a guy, um, Don, who's in technology, and um, they wanted to get rid of him. The year before that, they had given him award for best employee in the company. Huh. Now they want to get rid of him. So they give him tests to pass, like equations and problems to solve. What? <laughs> so he solves them. And they're furious because they have nowhere to go because... He passes these tests. They still, they still brought. Then they brought the box to him and said, "You got to go." And um, wow! I, oh. So then they they walk him out in front of all his colleagues, all his coworkers. They lined up in the parking lot to say goodbye to him. What? And, yeah, the the coworkers loved him, uh -huh. and and they were like. I call it an ungracious dismissal, and um, they're very well said. Yeah, very ungracious. I'm, I'm, I'm floored. I'm, yeah. I, I just, I can't believe that. Well, if you, if you 
in the, in the book, I did it by themes. So I never had just one example of something and it didn't make the book until I saw it as a repeatable theme. Mm. So wasn't it a repeatable theme to have gallows humor? Yes. Was it repeatable that people avoided you? Yes. Was it repeatable that a new boss was given free reign to do whatever they wanted with their new department? Yes. So lots of, lots of patterns. So it, if, you know, when, if you have a great job, it's good to be aware. Not that it's going to happen, but it's kind of like prevention is better than the outcome. Yes. Yes. Wow. Well, what you've said is, has, is, has been really compelling and, and um, I've learned a lot. And um, it, that's, <laughs> it, you, no, it's, it's, and I, and I, it's important because, you know, there's, there's, there's often a lot of shame that, 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 that's, that's, that's associated with job loss. And, and, and what you said here is that there are great people, many great people that lose their jobs. And sometimes it's not even about, it's not even about them and their performance. It's about, it's about maybe the culture. It's about someone coming in and a new transition, wanting somebody, somebody's friend to be, you know, take over your job. Um, actually, I read in the book where, so, where someone said that um, they were let go because they said their, 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 job was, their job was being eliminated. And then three weeks later, it was being advertised. And that's another one. And they say you're going to be laid off or you were part of the layoff. And they're like, I wasn't on the list. Well, now you're being laid off or your position's eliminated. And that's a common one. Um, your position's being eliminated. That's a good way to get rid of somebody where you don't have to say you did a bad job. You can say it's kind of our fault for not, we're reorganizing, whatever. Um, and so what I say is wherever, however you leave, get an exit story from your employer that you can agree to. Because it's a lot easier to go to an employer and say, the, the company was reorganizing and my position was eliminated uh -huh. and I decided to move on than it is to say they didn't want to keep me. Mm. So, right. So get that story and, and have in your negotiation, the employer agree to whatever the story is. New leader came in, they want to pick their own team. So can we agree to call it a leadership transition? Very important. And, and be that explicit. That's, that's really. Yeah. And get their permission. You know, yes. don't do it outside of it. Or, yes. you know, it's time for me to move on. I've done these things. And I give some examples in the book of a nice um, exit letter to your colleagues. And uh -huh. it's much better to get a letter from you than it is from HR saying, as of four o'clock, so-and-so is no longer an employee. I mean, that, mm. that employees go, well, wait, they could do that to me. That's right. That's right. And, and the word here is, I mean, uh, dignity. It, it just, there, there, mm -hmm. there needs to be a sense of yeah. uh, respect dignity. for the person all the way through. They can maintain their dignity. Like they leave, they, they lost their job, but let them have their dignity. Yes. You know, there are instances where you know that person is going to be trouble. Well, okay, you can handle that one differently. That one, you wait till the end of the day, you get a police escort, you know, maybe they're intoxicated, maybe they have some anger, they're escalating. Those are the exceptions. Yes. But most of these people you've already known for a long time. That's right. And they never expected not to have a job. So it's not like, you know, they're going to be in shock before they're going to be angry. Absolutely. Wow. So this has been really amazing. So, so let's, let's, let's kind of just, can we just kind of wrap this up in a pretty little bow and, and as, as like a summation. So from what I've learned is 
nobody is, is fireproof. That's, that's the biggest thing, the biggest takeaway here. Um, I've also learned from you that it's important to just to be aware and, and pay attention to behaviors. If there's been changes in, 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 in how people interact with you and, and, and patterns, so, so pay attention to that as well. And to definitely also have, a, uh, have another stream of income. Is there anything else that you, that you mm -hmm. think I'm, I'm missing? Well, I would say the thing that you mentioned is that you are not your job. Uh -huh. You are not your job. I really want to encourage people to do their best job they can, to learn as much as they can where they are, to um, do the best that they can. But remember, you are not your job. You are maybe a parent, a spouse, maybe you're a member of a faith tradition, maybe you're a volleyball coach. So it's important, I think, to, um, you know, make sure that your work is a portion of your identity, not your entire identity. Well said. I love that so much. Dr. Nancy Corey King, you are a delight. It's been so great to meet you and talk to you. Thank you, Dion. You too. You as well. Thank you so much for inviting me. Thank you. So where can people find you? So I am on LinkedIn, Nancy King, and I am on Facebook, Nancy Corey King. And uh, my book is on Amazon.com, and it's Fired, How to Manage Your Career in the Age of Job Uncertainty. Wonderful. And you are just lovely. So great to talk to you. Thanks so much, Nancy. Oh, thank you, Dion. And we'll have to have you come back on another time after we, after maybe there's some kind of mass layoffs and uh, we'll pay attention to what's happening in, in um, out, out there in the world. And um, if I can definitely have you come on to, to help give some insight, I would definitely do that for sure. I'd love that. I'd love that. I'm, I wrote this book to help people. So I want to keep doing that. Well, wonderful. And, and I mean, it's a, it's a great, great book. I'm sure it's, it's, I started reading it. I'm going to finish reading it for the, uh, after the interview. And it's been, it's, it's been a really <laughs> delight. Thank you so much, Nancy. Thank you, Dion. All the best. All the best to you. Too. And if you enjoyed this show, please um, go and write to the, the Dr. Dion show on iTunes and um, send your comments. Also send comments to Nancy, if you wish, if you need Nancy's help. Also reach out to her. I'm sure she can help with advising you on how to transition after you've lost your job. And um, thanks again for listening.